Welcome to The Wheel Reads, a Wheel of Time podcast. Your hosts are Alan, Chris, and Ian. This podcast is safe for first-time readers with no spoilers. This week, we'll be covering chapters 5 and 6 of The Shadow Rising, Questioners and Doorways. Enjoy! All right, welcome to season four, episode four. Four, four. Yeah, we made it there. A um, little housekeeping to get us things started. We do have one new patron. So thank you, Thomas Sweeney. You know, my principal's name was. Yeah. Wasn't his Timothy. first name also Tom? Oh, Timothy. No, that's Timothy. right. Yeah. I yeah. heard the T Our, with Sweeney. I was like, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> Our principal in high school is Timothy Sweeney. Maybe it's related. Uh, maybe you're his. Uh, brother or son or something which would be cool. cool principal so. physical principal we like we like sweetie could be a daughter uh, good old sween dog um yeah and everything else for housekeeping i i did announce on twitter that i'm, I'm gonna do giveaway when we hit uh seventy thousand downloads and uh, let me check to see if we hit that or not <laughs> i announced it in like it's like we are now because we were a little bit away from it, but uh, who knows? Let it be sixty nine. Come on, start this off yeah, with some giggities. What is it? I think it's like sixty five right now. It's like five thousand away. So it's like in two weeks, which I was planning on doing one in two weeks anyway. So yeah, let's. But why yeah. are we celebrating seventy thousand? We should be celebrating sixty nine. I just oh, welcome good, to the wheel reads. Come on, oh, good point. Good point. Yeah, no, I just wanted to do the <laughs> giveaway. So, um, oh, well, that's loading. I do want to announce that we do have guests. Uh, next recording, which will be uh, Road to Tavarlin. Um They are coming on. That's Amber and Tracy. They'll be coming on to join us to record our next episode. So looking forward to that. They're a lot of fun. Um, I actually enjoy their podcast a lot. So excited to have them on. Um, record with us. Glad somebody can. Road is <laughs> such a funny word. Road. Road. 68,000 is where we're at right now. So, oh, so just, close. Oh, so close. <laughs> it's like he's doing his job, but she's not really into it. 68. <laughs> 68. <laughs> so close. So close. Almost there. <laughs> Come on. It's a team effort, guys. Uh, anyway, right. so. Hide your kids. Um, and, and then a quick update on the, the YouTube's front. I am working on more videos. I put one out today, uh, but that was for the random poll stuff, um, which is cool. Actually, it was one of the most fun videos I've done so far. Um, just because if you guys go watch it, they were super fun to record with. That was with Disney Minute, our Disney Animation Minute Essentials podcast, uh, Dane for short. And um, and yeah, so they do um, uh, minute by minute Disney um, movie podcast. It's it's really interesting. So go check it out. It's on our YouTube station. Um, also have two videos already recorded that I'm working on and some scripted, and and this will turn into a video that we're doing tonight. So. More videos are coming. I'm just going to keep it going. And we hit 100 subscribers on YouTube, which I guess is cool. They get to watch me eat. Yeah. <laughs> um, minute by minute on the Disney thing, though, did you did you tell them about wearing floaties? Because they got to be they got to be getting deep. Did that come yeah. up? Yeah. Yeah. They. Yeah. I, they, I don't know if they come for air. I don't think they wear their floaties. I think they just stay at the bottom. Um, oh yeah. Like I, I even asked them. They like, must be able off to hold camera. their breath. Yeah. I asked wow. them off camera, like, how do you come up with a minute? And they're like, well, like, and they went into this whole entire diatribe about. Um, you know, studio politics and how like different culture, culture scenes and like in this scene, where does the influence pull from? And 
they're talking about like, you know, even like the drumming scene, it's a minute long with dopey drumming on snow, snow white and how the jazz influence and of the air cause done the 1930s. And it, it was just really, really fascinating and interesting, like how they pull so much, but they're, yeah, it's, they, they do about impressive. 30 minute episodes. Yeah. It's impressive. Yeah. I need to look at that. Yeah. Pretty cool. Um, yeah. And that's it for kind of announcements. So I'll just jump right into personal life. Um, Mother's Day was last weekend, so my wife and I decided just to go and take the kids to Bush Gardens, which was an adventure um, in all the ways. Because I have a three-year-old and an 18-month-old, and Bush Gardens are a local theme park, in case you guys didn't know. Um, it uh, is in Williamsburg, Virginia. They also have a Bush Gardens in Tampa, Florida. Um, it used to be owned by Anheuser Bush, so it used to have like. Uh, beer tours i think they still do but it's not owned by Aaron's or bush anymore it's actually owned by SeaWorld, which is yep. yeah it is what it is um but yeah so it was fun um they have a sesame street place so it's all the uh, and that was pretty funny because uh, my daughter loves sesame street so we went over there and hang out and ran into some of my son's friends from preschool so they started hanging out having a good time and then my daughter saw their parents and was like mean mugging them like who are these strangers and like would not leave this mean look on her face the entire time just like really angry and then elmo walks around the corner and she it's just so like cute. lights up like oh my god it's elmo <laughs> 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 and super super excited it was uh and that was cute um so had a fun time i learned i, I learned how to do bush gardens with little kids um and a lot of it just has to do with distract as much as possible and keep them fed um <laughs> that's the key um so <laughs> So that was my learning experience at Bush Gardens. We've got season passes too, so we're definitely going back. Um, it's only about like 15, 20 minutes from our house. Yeah. So yeah. how about you guys? What's going on in your world? Two things on Bush Gardens. Elmo is the only Sesame character that when I see him, I just, I don't go like full rage, but I have nothing but thoughts of beating him up. Like I just always want to punch Elmo in the face and mm-hmm. I don't know where that comes from. He must have offended me at some point. And then also I'll say this. Uh, Alan, prepare yourself as they get a little bit older and they're just, they have the energy to do the whole, whole park and everything. Go into the amusement parks again with little kids is fantastic. It just makes it exciting all over again. Cause you and I have been there and Chris, probably you too, 50 bazillion times, right? So eventually it kind of loses yeah. a little bit of its magic. When you start going with young kids and everything is exciting again, it just, it makes it great. So those yeah, days you- are coming. In the Sesame Street place part of the park, they actually have a little small, I mean, it's like a five-minute roller coaster. And it's a real roller coaster. I mean, it doesn't go up very high, but it, it went a lot faster than I thought it would for, like, a three-year-old. Yeah. Like, it was a legit roller coaster, and I thought my son would be terrified to go on it. And I think he got a little bit nervous, but I think it helped that his, his preschool friend was there because, um, uh, you know, they went with her, her dad was in line, too. And uh, he got he had a small the entire time on the roller coaster, so I'm like, yes. So when you get older yeah. and then he's like, look at the big roller coaster. Dad, can we ride that? I was like, no, not yet. You're not, not quite there yet, buddy. <laughs> Got to ease him into it. You don't want to scare him yeah. off. He's like, oh yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm excited for you. That's a lot of fun with the littles. Mm-hmm. Um, so my weekend, I don't even, I don't even remember what I got into. So I'm starting to run a lot more. I make it a point on Saturday or Sunday to do uh, one of the, there's a trail by me in Richmond that's five miles or like six maybe. Uh, and then there's one in Newport News that's five with a lot of hills. So I do one of those two on the weekends. Knock that out. Uh, my brother's in town from New York with his wife. Uh, hung out with them a little bit. Oh, yeah, we did our Mother Day, Mother's Day stuff on Saturday. That's right. 
Uh, so we weren't fighting the crowds on Sunday, and that was pretty fantastic. Good meal. We went to Circa. Chris, have you been to Circa yet? Oh, yes. So oh, good. Yeah. Um, I cry when I got that. Right, right, right. <laughs> Make sure you got a good credit limit or, you know, enough of the bit. Because you, you really, you don't want to look at the bill when it comes because it'll, you, it'll you punch you in Circa the face. For, yeah, Circa for two, you're going to run over $200 US. Easily. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Um, and I would, I would say you could save a lot of money if you don't do their cocktails because they're pricey and they're small. However... Whoever's back there bartending a is a is a wizard. They're Kip. amazing. So Kip's good. Back there. Yeah. Yeah. Kip's Kip's like and like known, at least in Hampton Roads, is like a fantastic bartender. Like he's he's a chemist. A mixol mixologist. Um right. he's mm -hmm. actually Psalm Psalm Laren too. Um he's a Psalm. Um I'm not sure what he's not a master, but he's he's not grade one either. So he's actually a professional wine taster, I guess, or whatever. So he's he knows his stuff. Oh, wow. He's got the right taste buds. So that that's mm -hmm. one of the few places where you know, I've been, you, you order this $15 drink and you're like, it, this better be good. And it shows up and it's like this little teaspoon and you, you're like, I want my money back. But no, not here. It's totally worth it. It's, it's all, everything is fantastic. So we did that. Um, yeah, that was about it. it yeah. Funny story about, about Kip. Um, Kip and I go way back cause I've been drinking at Circa for years and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and we become good friends over the years, even with like, you know, my wife and I used to go up there before we had kids on Tuesday night was wine night and they had $5 wine. Um, and so we would go up there and get like a cheese board and wine after dinner and hang out and drink a bunch of wine. Uh, now we have kids, we don't do that anymore, but Kip and I became close friends and I always invited him to everything. He was invited to my wedding. He was invited to our housewarming party. He was invited to, you know, um, uh, all of our Christmas parties, everything. And he's always RCP'd yes and never showed up. I love it. <laughs> so it's, it's uh, becoming this ongoing psych. joke. Like I'm just going to keep sitting in the invite. I tell him that I was like, he's going to show up to my funeral. And that's like, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. that's when he's finally going to show up. <laughs> you need to invite him on this podcast or, or bring him on uh, dark and stormies or something. Or... Yeah. I thought about either dark and stormies or one so of the, stand you up. one of the brackets that I, I was going to run, uh, that I am running, um, uh, for the random polls is cocktails. Um, so best cocktail. Oh, yeah. Um, that's, in a few, it's not the next bracket, but it's a few brackets from now. So I thought about asking him to do a YouTube video with me, uh, just knowing that he would say yes and then not show up. <laughs> so, <laughs> that'd be Kip. So it was a good experience. So we have, we'll, we'll have Enjoyed Ian it. as Kip for that. Right. Yeah, maybe he'll come then. <laughs> <laughs> My drinks won't be as good, but you will get drunk. So there's that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> How about you, Chris? What's going on in your world? Uh, so like I got accepted into the program to teach in Charlotte. So that was phenomenal. And then I found out that there was no guarantee in a job. So I was like, eh, F that I'm not going to do it until I have a 100% guaranteed job. Cause I have two jobs, but I have to pass my practices first before I can take those. <clears throat> so I'm like, not, not a smart move financially. I'll sit myself right here in Virginia and keep working like I have been. And when something's put in my path that I can actually take, I'll take it. And I got an email saying that I have an interview coming up for a job that I can take. So nice. we'll see what doors are being opened. I'm just going to kind of leave, leave it to prayer and leave it to be and see what happens. But I did make my way to Charlotte this past weekend to push Chanel to get an apartment. So she now has an apartment. So does my friend Alan Henson down there. And once I get a job down there, I'll slide into his apartment with him because we are going to live separately until we're married. 
which would be interesting. You and Alan are going to be separately until you and Alan get married? What happened to Chanel? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, she's a third wheel. I'm not a good winker. Can you see it? <laughs> I, 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 yeah. But we actually are. Like, I even told her if we're going to live apart, then we're going to remain celibate, too. Yeah, you yeah, mentioned I, that. So I'll I, pray I, for I, you. Go all the way. I, I had a Thank girlfriend you. in college that um, we had this whole plan that, like, my good friend Mark and I were going to room together, and then she was going to roommate with Mark's girlfriend in the same apartment complex, like next to each other. So basically, we just move in, and not tell our parents, and then one goes yeah. to the other, and just ends up being just like that way we can still live together, like when we were nineteen. And um, but um, what ended up happening is last minute, um, like a week before they were supposed to sign their lease, uh, Mark and his girlfriend broke up. So um, oh, that sucks. <laughs> can't rely so on other people's happened. relationships i i have two safe rounds so um you, you reminded me with my my plus one i guess we're calling mm-hmm. her almost girlfriend mm-hmm. i don't i don't know yeah. we're close uh so we're going to denver in a couple of weeks <clears throat> but they're the friends That's legit yeah yeah so it's it's two friends of hers that during uh covid since they're fully remote every month they've rented a house for a month in just some other location in the u.s and as long as it has good internet that's where they work so they're getting ready they're driving right now up to denver they invited us up there uh, but like right after we booked the plane tickets uh she gets a message that I, I guess they're on the outs or they were having some argument or something like that or whatever. And it, so they, they patched it up and it's, you know, it's all okay now. But then I was just thinking, I was like, well, I better do some research on plan B in Denver. Cause we've got the plane tickets. We're going, Yeah. but if we show up and like, there's books flying across and pans getting thrown, I'm gonna be like, mm, not hanging around this. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. 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 And then the one other thing, <clears throat> speaking of the plus one, we are playing tennis on Thursday. Ooh. Oh. So. That'd be interesting. Chris, let me tell you a little something about myself. I, I'm i a pretty calm, collected dude, right? Like, you know, pretty chill. Yeah, you are. I have this thing where I like to win. Uh, really? <laughs> and, you don't say. And what's worse is I'm not really great at anything. Like I'm okay. <laughs> I, I'm I'm average on almost everything I do, and maybe a little bit better than average on some things. But I'm not great on I think any that's one. That's why thing. we worked well, so well together. Yeah, yeah. But I like to compete. So I I thought about. It. I was like, she was like, "Well, play tennis." I'm like, "Yeah, that sounds fantastic." And then afterwards, I'm like, "All right, just be okay with her getting a point every now and then." <laughs> yeah, no, this is gonna, huh. this is gonna end horribly. Huh. <laughs> so. I'm going to be like serving straight into her chest. Take that. (laughs) Eat this backhand. (laughs) You can't, just remember, you can't be as bad as our friend Ben. Um, Oh, yeah. Our friend, she might come up there and show you the business. And I would be excited for that. I would be excited if that's what happens. Yeah, we had a friend named Ben back in high school, and he took sports very, very seriously and competitive. And we used to play full contact football. And every once in a while, some of the girls from our, our school come out and play with us too. But like, it was always an unspoken word that like, if one of the girls was running with it, like you didn't go like full force, take them out. Or, or even tackle. we were all different sizes. So even amongst the guys, like the big guys out there would not yeah. destroy the little dudes. Like you, yeah, you I mean, played you, proportionally uh, I, 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 a I, little I, bit, but definitely more so to the girls. You definitely don't just tee them up. 
I, I'd say yes to you, Ian, but I do remember very, very vividly one time playing and Daryl Blackstock came out to play with us one time. And oh, if you don't yeah. know who Daryl Blackstock is, he was a defensive end for United, uh, University of Virginia. He went and played for the Cardinals as a defensive end. <laughs> Arizona um, Cardinals and the Raiders uh, and, uh, yeah, and the Ravens. Arizona Cardinals and the, yeah, and the Ravens and uh, Arizona Cardinals. And um, he was, I a think he was an All-American when he was at UVA. He never really got that much NFL time. <laughs> A.K.A. he's a freaking monster. Uh, A.K.A. he's a beast. And he, he did not hold back when he hit me. I think I broke two ribs. <laughs> at least bruised but, him. Like, but, but, Alan, <laughs> he was holding back. That's what you oh, know. He was. Yeah, he, he was. Because <laughs> you think you broke two ribs. You I didn't lived. break two ribs. You survived, so he went easy. <laughs> No contact uh, with, a, with an NFL defensive end. Yeah, it was not. It was not but, pretty. But so, so um, be, hey, that's be something palm. to talk about. Like you survived that hit, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was, dude. It was a hit. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, so this one friend of ours, B Pong, didn't really pay attention to those rules, and I remember. Gosh, well, I won't. I won't say the name of who it was, but like she gets the ball handed off to her, and she rounds the corner, and she's got a smile on her face, and the blockers are kind of blocking, and everybody's thinking. All right, we're going to let her get a few yards. And then Ben comes barreling across the field, full speed, in his prime, like big dude. Takes her out. shoulder and just boom. She (laughs) got airborne and went flying. Ball goes one way, she goes the other. Man, it was. This girl maybe weighed 100 pounds with her clothes wet. I mean, it was. She went flying. (laughs) (laughs) And we're all like, Ben, no. Ben, no. (laughs) 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 Meanwhile, he's doing a victory dance over top of her. Like, not in my house. Not in my house. out. (laughs) Yeah. Wagging the finger. <laughs> I'd almost forgot yeah. about that. That's perfect. Yeah. Mm, I got laid out like that one time. Yeah. And then I gained 100 pounds. <laughs> Never again. We, we won't talk Never about the again. hits I took playing football because they were embarrassing. Uh, well, let's, uh, let's actually get into the episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, let's, let's talk about what we'll talk about. We can do this um, all night. Yeah, we can, we can talk about stories all night long. It's so, all relevant. It relates. Let's go into predictions real fast, and we'll jump right into the chapters. So um, we'll start with predictions from last week. Uh, Tom is a secret agent man. Secret <laughs> agent. So that's, that's one. Um, the Michael Buble of evil um, is going to get worse or kind of come back. Um, and the dark one lives in the Bermuda Triangle. Apparently, that's, that's where he is. Um, and with now his we figured boobies. out the plot. And all we have to do is get to the middle of the of the Bermuda Triangle, and we we win, right? Correct. That's it. And then a game of stones. And then a game of stones with with the kraken, apparently. Yes. And yeah. the unicorn. And and Michael Bublé, of evil. Birds flying high. <laughs> you know how I feel. So let's get into this chapter. So we're what chapter five? Yeah, chapter five. Questioners. Our symbol is uh, like the two different faces looking at each other, like the white and black face. So can I just start off by saying this was not what I expected? Yeah. Yeah, you expected white cloaks, weren't you? I did. I expected mm-hmm. white cloaks. I think I actually said that in the last episode, like we're going to get, you know, some white cloak action down the two rivers. Not at all. So, Alan, you could have made wrong. money. Like if you wanted to take bets on it, I also would have placed money on it being white cloaks and I would have yeah. lost money. No white clicks. But we do start with Egwene. Um, and she's kind of impatient um, with whatever is delaying Moraine. Uh, 
who had received, I guess, a message. And Avienda is in the room as well. We get a description of Avienda. Um, yeah, so let's start there with this first opening scene. What do you guys think? Avienda sounds like my type of woman. Large, green eyes, dark, tan face. Oh, yeah. Chanel's not listening tonight, so I can get away with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the level of impatience is high here. Um, <clears throat> I think it just goes to the very simple fact that Egwene and the Edmund Fielders are tired. They want answers, and they can't seem to get them. So they're frustrated and flustered, mm-hmm. rightfully so. Yeah, yeah and, and this first opening blip, you know, I took note of the the thoughts with Egwene and Avienda and how they could be friends if things were different. And I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I understand they're on a super secret mission and they have to be careful, like careful who they share what with. But and they're young. Like I'm still trying to remind us of all these things. But then also, I'm 38 years old reading this, and we've said it a billion times. We'll say it again. Like there's nothing wrong with a little bit of communication. And you got to learn to trust a little bit, you know, you got to be able to have a good vibe for that. So Mm -hmm. I think it'd be nice if Egwene and Avienda had a little bit more open conversation. Yeah. And Egwene's feeling super guilty just about like how she's kind of posing as an Aes Sedai and lying to, she likes Avienda and she's like, I don't want to lie to them, but at the same time, I don't want to admit that I'm not really an Aes Sedai and Moraine's kind of going with it too. So I think it's like they stated more out of convenience because the more question marks you give, the more people are open to believing whatever they want to. And it's much more important to them for people to believe that there are four full fledged Aes Sedai, you know, with Rand slash in Rand's presence than there is to believe that there is a single Aes Sedai with three trainees like that changes things quite a bit mm-hmm. this is true i i just yeah. again from the perspective of where i'm at in life like when i meet people which is rare but if i meet people that are straight shooters and direct and like lines not in their repertoire like those are the people i want to bring into my circle whether and it doesn't matter if i think they agree with me or if they're going to tell me what i want to hear but just knowing that they're just dead honest and i get that mm-hmm. vibe from most of the IEL. Yeah. 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 And, and the reason why they're all together right now is because they're questioning the Black Aja prisoners, uh, Joya and uh, Amiko. Um, and Amiko has been stilled. Uh, that's one thing that we learn as well here that she can no longer channel. Um, what proof is she? Is she better eight proof? Ran her through the still. Yeah. Now, who stilled her? I don't know that I caught that. Did yeah, I that was a question I was going to ask you guys. Um, how she got stilled? I, I don't know. Yeah. All right. So, who's there that could have done it? Is well, Moraine, Moraine could have done it. Yeah, but the you're other... supposed to have a trial. To, you're supposed to have a trial to steal people. They even go through that. Like you, you can't just go. Out and, it's a, it's a big no no. It's like gentling a man. That's what. Have the Tom's nephew stealing and gentling the same. It's just the male versus the female version. So then her own people could have done it, but to what purpose or what reason? Right. So do you remember how they captured them? 
wrapped him up, and one one of them was stuck like halfway awake, halfway asleep. In the dream world, right? Yeah, yeah. By Egwene. Okay. Yes. Oh, did Egwene steal her without realizing it? Huh. This is better now that we could see Alan. <laughs> Alan, know, Alan shrugged like, his shoulders, <laughs> gave the sure look, but he's got a like giggity look on his face. <laughs> I thought that, but then there's a part of me that's like, Egwene had no idea what she was doing. So could she have accidentally done that? And I was like, nah, that, that takes real power and real um and i'm like and she was paying a lot of attention to the weaves she was weaving and the airflows and how everything was tied off so i i think i don't know i feel like she would have noticed it but again alan's face and he might be setting us up so i mean so i'll I'll, i guess i'll tell you because i think it's it's never really directly explained in the books how it happened but i think robert jordan did explain it in interviews and things like that because i think it was questioned i might be wrong chat might correct me on this but from what I gather, she was shielded in the dream world and not in the real world. But because she was like, basically she was, it, those weaves were tied off in the dream world. And then by her, by the nature of her still being awake, like kind of ripping the power out of her by not being Ooh. able to see, like it's, oh, it's like yeah. this weird metaphysical thing that happened and it wasn't a purposeful yeah. thing. It was, it was an accident. It was um, an accidental stealing. And yeah. And it wasn't like the ritual way it. of doing it. It was like this weird Something to do with being shielded in the dream world and then being awake still and not being able to then just channel the real world and like ripping basically. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a solid, especially if Jordan gave a nod to that. Uh, The only other thing prior to you saying that that I was thinking it could possibly be is, you know, all the Black Aja, they stole all of these artifacts that do different things. Maybe she was using one that they didn't quite have a grasp on. And we do know that... um, there's women that have used different angrials, tiangrials, tiangrials. Yeah, yeah. However mm-hmm. you say them, uh, and come back a little messed up. Some that mm-hmm. couldn't, you know, channel anymore, something like that. Yeah. So I thought I thought of that as a mm-hmm. possibility, but yeah. Uh, apparently, Jordan knows more than me. Okay, so <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. You know, he can just make stuff up too, because he did make homework. <laughs> <Yeah. all> <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's not yeah. fair. <laughs> Um, so yeah. And, and they keep going on about how you have to get the tan Chico. Um, so here's a great place to go tanning. Um, other than that, I don't know much about tan Chico. Aruba, Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they said, baby, why don't we go <laughs> down to Faltaro? <laughs> because we'll take the ways. That's where. You meet Martin Sheen. <laughs> Taking the ways to Tanchico. Random music break. Yeah, there you go. Um, so, yeah. So, what do you think about this whole entire, I guess, questioning and of, of the prisoners? And, and also their responses and um, just what's going on here? I'm going to – I have to preface this. I'm not saying this because I read the whole chapter – because clearly I would not sit here and agree with Moraine. But this is actually what I was thinking at this point. Um, these girls have a charge. They have business to take care of. And it's getting all of the Black Aja. And you can't spend too much time with the couple you actually got your hands on. Because the rest of them are still out there doing uh, 
gangster shit with their friends or hood rat shit. What was that? What was that little video? I just want to do hood rat shit with my hood rat friends. <laughs> anyway, so they're they're still out there doing that hood rat stuff. They need to. The longer they wait, the further the black eyes are getting away from them. So they need to act. They need to make a decision. Pick a direction. Split up if you need to. I don't care. But sitting around there is, I don't, I don't think very wise. I mean, mm-hmm. I would agree with you, but they kind of had a dualistic purpose, though. There wasn't just the purpose of finding the Black Aja. It's also helping Ran. Now, mind mm-hmm. you, that wasn't a charge, but that's a purpose. Yeah. They were charged with finding these Black Aja because they represent a threat to the Tower and also Rand. So, and since their Rand is their main objective or seemingly main objective, what better way to get them to come out than to just stick next to the bait? Right. But to your your question, you know, you have Amika who doesn't know much or seemingly doesn't know much. And they keep asking, give us a different answer. Give us something new to work off of because they know that they're having to to overcome these fully fledged Aes Sedai's ability to lie, mm-hmm. which is not something they're supposed to be able to do. Twisting the truth, yes, but outright lying, no. Right. So yeah. that's definitely throwing them off. And then the um, just the lack of knowledge or understanding of how to properly interrogate is a big hindrance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're they're new at this. Exactly. So I agree yeah. with you. I guess I didn't bring it up because I, I just, I didn't expect much from them on that front. Yes. Yeah. And one of the things that they say is that Leandrin kept on speaking about something that can control the Dragon Reborn. Um, that they found something. And that's why the Black Ocha went to Tanshiko and that's why they had to get there. And Amiko's trying, you know, it's just one of those things they don't really believe her. They're, they're, they're having a hard time believing anything that that, that these people say because they're Black Aja, like you were saying. Can't tell whether they're lying or not because they can lie. So, yeah. I mean, when you're trained to be very good at telling partial truths and manipulation, and then on top of that, you can outright lie, you kind of just don't know what to believe ever when it comes to that group of individuals. Sure. Do we think these necklace thingamabobbers that the Sean Chan have, would they be effective on Rand? Um, I'm not going to answer that yet because I'm not sure if we talked about them in the Great Hunt or not. If we didn't talk about the Great Hunt, then Raffo? <laughs> Read and find out. Yeah, yeah well, let's go back and look at our notes from that. Um, I'm not sure if they brought it up in the great. Yeah, I might have to. Uh, I might have to go back before I go forward. Yeah. So. Well, um, so I know the Sean Chan were like. Well, yeah they they discussed it some with the men that could channel, but I don't I don't know. I have to go back. Anyways. Never. Yeah. Mind. Okay. So yeah. So they did correct it. Yeah. So we know from the Great Hunt that they um, that they cannot be used on men. They tried that. It doesn't work. Okay. Yeah. And I think it actually says the great hunt. It's, it's a, it ends up killing them like, or something like that. Like it does, it doesn't work at all. Yeah. Like, yeah. Or killing the yeah. person has a leash okay. and it doesn't. Yeah. So, so that is answered. No, nope. not the result you're looking for. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, well, then I have no guesses. Yeah, and, and at some point, Nynaeve gets impatient with the questioning and demands to speak to the other prisoners. Um, and Egwene's kind of upset about it too. Um, Nynaeve and Egwene go at it, which is kind of becoming an ongoing thing <laughs> of them going. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, and like like it's stated, you have one who feels like she's still the older, and the other one who's like. I can control the one power greater than you can. Like I can use it at will. You cannot. So who's mm-hmm. greater here? Yeah. And then before the other prisoner comes in to be questioned, Avienda comments on Amiko no longer having the ageless face anymore, but it's not like she just became old all of a sudden. In fact, it's the exact opposite. She looks like super young, like almost like a kid. Um, and they start going to a little bit and explain uh, the oath rod and how, you know, and the three oaths and things like that. Uh, that's when they go into the whole lion thing. Yeah, so there's certainly new territory. Obviously, mm-hmm. the Black Aja have found a way to get around the oath rod. Um, now, as much as I give them the hard time about figuring out which way to go, right? Uh, I also understand the dilemma. It's, you know, we always talk about don't know who to trust, but this is like don't know who to trust on crack, right? Even the one that's like, no, now I see the light. I know that's there's a dragon reborn, right? Like, obviously, um, he he got he got the colander hat, and yeah, so I've seen the light. Well, you can't trust that either. She's probably the one holding out the most information. Mm-hmm. Or it could be, I don't know. Yeah. But it doesn't. It doesn't help. So, Chris, as you were pointing out, Alan, like how they're they're bickering amongst themselves. There's still this power grab, and then they're both in the room at the same time together with this Black Aja that has been around the block for a little bit, and you're showing weakness to her because I, I promise you, this Black Aja can sense the um, lack of harmony between the girls here. If you're not coming mm-hmm. as one front. You're you're doing more harm than good to your interrogation, so right. it's just a, it's a cluster F. Yeah, I agree. I will say one other conversation that was interesting as well in all of this was the conversation about stealing itself and trying to heal steal, stealing. That it can't be done. That it's been tried. Um, that the Browns that no one even tries anymore because you know the Browns might and the Yellows would do anything to heal anything because that's what the Yellows' power is. They're healing, um, but. Um, it's kind of this permanent thing. Um, so I thought, I just thought it was fascinating getting to some of the history of, of what we know about still and things like that. Yeah. But what little tiny bit I know at this point about channeling, like, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm saving myself for the possibility that somehow in like book 10, uh, one of these girls or something discovers a way to reverse it or something like that. You want to put that as a prediction? No, no, I mean not full on, but I'm, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm I staying open should, to the possibility. I was going to say the same thing. No, I'm right there with you. I agree with you. Put it in the predictions that they find out either what the stilling is really about, like the disconnection from the power. Because like, if we go with this whole idea that what happened to our black friend here was that she was stilled, that means she was just cut off from the power in this dream world. Yeah. Or yeah. it means that she's. Go ahead. Yeah, I was saying, it says say? Like, 
it says when you're still, you can still sense the power. Um, you just can't never touch it again. And you still have the yearn to use it. No um, touchy. But, but yeah, you can never. So like, it. does that mean, I mean, maybe they draw more of their power, not only from the source, but from a connection to all of their selves. And maybe they were cut off from one of their self in this dream world, maybe a part of themselves, and that tether can be reconnected somehow. Yeah. Hmm. If it, look, I work in construction. If you can take it apart, you can put it back together. That, that's all I'm saying. There's, it may be super complicated, but generally there's a way. Yeah. So, and so, like, I, I would agree, you should definitely put that into predictions. Okay. I'd also say that um, the question in general is just interesting because you find out that there's so much distrust amongst the black friends or the black Aja mm-hmm. where only certain people know certain things and all of the details seem so minuscule. But then when you put things together, you get a much larger picture. And it's like, yeah. man, they're attacking from all fronts potentially. Oh, this is a classic thing in, in espionage or any kind of secret organization where you have a handler um, and that's the only person you know and you know no one else. Like even the CIA and and different organizations use this technique where if you're undercover somewhere, you don't even know who else is undercover either. And the whole point is if you're ever captured, you can't route names because all you know is one person. It's your handler and that's the only person you know and they're already removed as well. And so... Yeah. The Black Ops is using a very, very similar technique. They're like, well, give us the names of other Black Ops, but we don't know the other ones. Uh, and, and, you know, I just knew Leandrin until I met these other ones on this trip. I didn't even know they were Black Ops, too. Like, it's it's a very classic, and it's it's a real thing that's used in it's, it's modern. Effective. Yeah, it's a very effective. Cause Good it, way to protect your plan. The, our military uses it, our, our, our Department of Defense uh, with the CIA, um, and and lots of people. I mean, terror cells use this. This, effect, this is a very effective, used actually probably for thousands of years. Um, um, very knowledgeable. Balls well, yeah, used it at the uh, Dark Friend Social. I mean, right. they had a chance to kind of see each other. But they didn't really know who each other was, and they but they're all couldn't hear the mission. Well. Right, yeah. they couldn't hear the mission that each person was individually given. So, there's so they're not all much... eaters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, it just uh, yeah, it's a very effective way of 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 running an organization, uh, especially when you're doing covert type things. So. Um, then they get to questioning, like I said, the prisoner, and I love how they have her go back and repeat the story, but use different words. Um, um, that's a, also a great interrogation method, um, just because that was their first you, plus one of this in, interrogation. That was that was their first yeah. bonus point. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Because well, because if you have a canned response, you know exactly the words you've rehearsed them over and over again. Now you have to explain it. You start tripping over yourself with the story. Exactly. I don't know how they intuitively knew unless this was a suggestion from Moraine or one of the, um, oh my goodness, their name just left my mind. The warrior people. The warders. Aiel? Aiel, oh. yes. <laughs> who, who introduced the ladies to this tactic? Because these are girls from Edmonds Field. My parents use this tactic. I don't know. (laughs) If you have more than one child, you learn how to interrogate, put them in separate rooms. There's a time for good Mm -hmm. cop, bad cop. Like you use it all. I was much smarter than my mother. And well, but so here's the thing to Alan's point. And our alibi was always tight. If you. (laughs) And snitches get stitches. That's the truth and end up in ditches. Exactly. Yeah. 
Um, we never got in trouble because of each other. I wish I could say the same. I totally forgot what I was going to say. Yeah, every now and then we'd rat each other out. I was weak. Getting grounded is fine, but they were like, and then you don't get to eat dinner. You're going to go to your room and have ramen. If you knew how well my mom cooked, like being separated from the family meal, like that was was torture. I was a little fat kid. My parents would use the different rooms method all the time. Like you would... like if me and my brother went out somewhere and got in trouble together, you get home, they put us in separate rooms. They go talk to my brother first and then come in like Brian's already told us everything. If you come and tell the truth, you're not in trouble. You know, and meanwhile, Brian's not said anything. And I'm like, Oh crap. And he says, but now if, if you don't say the truth, you're going to be in trouble. He's already told us everything. So as long as your stories match up, you guys are fine. I'm like, did he say anything? You know, it's one of these things. Are saying, did he say anything? Did he rat me out? Like then I ended up ratting him out accidentally because he didn't say anything. <laughs> See, we would go off. We'd be like, I can't believe you said. Like, wouldn't actually say anything. I can't believe you actually said anything. Just a big act. Yeah. And then we just like flip out. Yeah. Mm. I didn't say anything. And then we kind of give each other the note of like, <laughs> <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, I know what I was gonna say. It was much simpler than all of this. Uh, the the strategy there is, if you're asking a question, you're not getting the answer you want but you don't even know the answer you want, right? So you can't you can't think of a better question. You can't rephrase it, okay? So if you can't change the question, you need to get a different answer. You got to change some side of the equation. So I know yeah, you're yeah. asking who taught them that, but also in a moment of frustration, Nynaeve is not stupid. I And I don't think anybody at this point has ever accused her of that. In fact, I think she's a very Agreed. great, a logical mind, right? And she's probably frustrated with herself trying to think, I, you know, what's a different way to ask this? But she can't think of another way to ask it. So she just demands a different answer. So it's either she's someone might have taught her. consistencies in the stories that each person tells. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if you can find one thread of consistency, one thing that continues no matter what the story is. And Tanchico is that thread. So then they have to determine whether or not they're going to go to Tanchico or if they're going to switch and go elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. And one of the last things they talk definitely. about is, uh, you know, recalling a plot to rescue um, Mazram Taim, which um, we've heard of him before. He's not new. He was the false dragon from Saldea. Uh, that was captured, and we heard that they captured him. Um, so we have Loghain from the first book, and I think it was somewhere in the second book that said there was another false dragon in Saldea. We learned later that his name was Taim. Now we get his first name is Mazrum. Um, and there was a plot to rescue him and then post him up as the dragon reborn um, and basically try to kill Rand and make him for the Dark One himself, the uh, his own puppet dragon. And that was a plot that they were trying to do and apparently he's just as strong as red like super powerful. yeah i heard that and that was the part that tripped me up was that you have a man that could channel just as strongly as Rand that's out there and yet nobody from the white tower has gone after him i was like i i just don't see well, no, that he, was, is... he was captured well captured yeah but like wasn't brought back to the tower wasn't put on trial hasn't been or immediately still yeah yeah i'm like why Unless there was a power play 
in there somewhere that was kind of let go as Rand entered the picture. I think he's been recently captured and he's on his way back to the White Tower to be tried. And there, there's a plot well, to free him. Admit. Yeah, so back. like yes. we've talked about how the, the pattern's only going to allow for one true dragon. And once, once the dragon is reborn, you know, the others kind of snuff out, right? There can mm-hmm. be only one, like Highlander mm-hmm. style. Um, so if there is an opening that this guy, you know, he's still able to channel, hasn't been emasculated yet, neutered. Um, does that mean like there's that, that still adds to the possibility that maybe Rand isn't the dragon reborn. Dun, dun, dun. I mean, we still have so many other characters that played a significant role. Like, I keep going back to, I even go back to Perrin in, in trying to find Fael, what he was doing in the dream world, and him wailing on shit with his hammer, and he busted some stone. Like, maybe that was the shit that brought down Tyr, and it wasn't so much about Rand. I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> There's just... There are so many questions. Many questions. I think, but at the end of the day, <laughs> what we we do realize is that there's a lot of uh, indecision at the moment, and for whatever reason, not much more help coming their way. You know, you would think if you report it to the Amelin seat that there's a potential issue in two different places, she would send another one or two fully fledged Aes Sedai. To go on the lookout. Chat yeah. just posted this. It says floaty time. Getting <laughs> deep. <laughs> da, da, da. Yeah. Yeah, but then, you know, who do you trust? Bermelin, I mean, she's even said repeatedly, even when talking to men, like, you know, I, I don't know who to trust. We know there's still Black Aja around. We're pretty confident. Like, okay, if she picks two and sends him to go help she might be reinforcing the bad guys yeah i don't know and as far as everybody's Rand, in a crappy situation and as far as Rand being the dragon reborn they just did he did i know you mentioned it too but he was the one that was able to pull calendar out which is part of the prophecy it's like the sword and stone yeah <sighs> no 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 no, no, no. But... these things happening are a sign of the dragon being reborn. So we're in the right time period. Okay? But it just doesn't it doesn't mean that he is the dragon reborn. That's I get what, what I'm you're feeling. Like I don't know. I could be He's totally like wrong. He's the preparer or the bringer of the dragon that is to be reborn. Maybe he's the Who fake knows? out, you know. I don't know. Or maybe All like everybody was wrong thinking it was just going to be one person and that's why it he's failed also, so many times in the past. He's also marked he's also been marked with two herons. That was uh, part of the prophecy as well. Um. <laughs> like yeah, the, like the bird, the questions. bird, the fish. Sure. Like, what are we talking about? Because maybe we got that wrong. Pronunciation. Words are with, important. With, with a herring. <laughs> Down the largest shrubbery in the forest. Or with, with a herring. A herring. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And Tiny might have herrings too. Someone just pointed out. We don't know. Don't know. Dun, dun, dun. Um, So then at this point, Moraine busts through the door and we end the scene with them like, oh, crap. Uh, Moraine's here. 
and she does not look happy uh, and super all. pissed super pissed like normally even in tense situations she's able to quickly correct her face but in this moment she's pissed mm-hmm. she and it's happy. sticking around yeah 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 no serenity serenity nowhere to be found I think serenity it. now <laughs> mm. serenity for now. once the eyes died serenity had vanished fury painted her face the yeah. fact that uh, Rand could get her goat just made me so excited. <laughs> Rand that, could get her That in and of itself made these two chapters worth reading. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how we end this chapter. So anything we missed? Anything that we want to talk about? Nailed it. All of it. All of it. Got it. Cool. <laughs> Moving on to chapter six, doorways. And the chapter symbol is the white lion of Andor. Because we're in Elaine's point of view, and Elaine is the heir to the daughter heir to the crown, the throne of Andor. We haven't had much from her perspective, have we? A little bit, but not a whole lot. Yeah. She likes to mm-hmm. give you the tip, and that's about it. Just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. Just the tip. Just the tip. Anyway. Um, yeah, Randall Thor is a mule-headed stone wheel full of a, a, a man. This is the first time I feel like I've seen or really care to see Moraine flustered. Mm-hmm. And it's Rand's fault, which makes things even more hilarious to me. Yeah. I love the response, too. Yeah, we, 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 breed, we breed them that way. <laughs> <laughs> and the two rivers. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't have Nynaeve a problem with such it. A, we, uh, we know how to handle it. <laughs> yeah. uh, she's like, Nynaeve was suddenly all half-suppressed smiles and satisfaction. She seldom, mm-hmm. seldom hid her dislike of the eyes to die half as well as she thought she did. Two Rivers women never had any trouble with them. From the startled look Egwene gave her, that was a lie big enough to warrant having her mouth washed out. Like, she is just enjoying this moment where Moraine has lost her cool entirely, and she's human for once. Like, Moraine has a soft spot, a weakness, mm-hmm. and it just so happens to be Randothor. So, I mean, Moraine's so flustered and angered by Rand. I mean, she comes in there and, like, at first doesn't even realize that the Black Aja's sisters are even, like, free and fair. Um, and immediately, like, she takes back and kind of composes herself in front of them and tells them they have arrangements have been made to transport them back to Tarvalon for to stand trial. And Moraine dismisses the Dark Friends um, with special orders from the guard. Uh, to, to put them in confinement. Yeah. And kicks them out. So I'd like to go back really quickly to something that caught my eye. Mm-hmm. Elaine gave a small start at realizing Joya was not bound. Hastily, she checked the shield, blocking the woman from the true source. Mm-hmm. Yep. When did she become so apt at using the power? Who? Like, we really don't. Elaine. 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 We don't focus on her as much, but she no. seems to kind of pick it up as she goes. And she also had some time around the Sean Chan, right? Mm-hmm. And Egwene and them. Um, she so wasn't like, ever captured. 
Um, yeah, but like she's been able to watch and yeah. see and. But she's 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 powerful in her own right. Um, Elena is. Uh, she I mean, she they, juggles balls with. Well, yeah, with it, it did say that she'd probably be the first queen to actually make it into the accepted. Or I said I. Or I said I. So I, mm-hmm. I get that, and I appreciate that about her. But yeah. for her to like, in my mind, this is an advanced skill, and maybe I'm I'm wrong, but it seemed like, you know, the workings of holding and binding and stopping free from people from touching the true source should be something that's complex and complicated, mm-hmm. and she's working it out in a moment of seconds, even in a moment of panic almost, because she was a little bit scared. Yeah. So I just wanted to commend her for that. Good going. Yeah. So. Go ahead. I mean, I, I was just, I was just gonna say it's. I, I guess I've. I know with Egwene and Nynaeve, it was very clear that you know they're gonna be fast learners. They only really need to see it once; they can figure it out. But I, I just, in my mind, I already lumped Elaine in there, even mm-hmm. though she hasn't been talked about as much. Yeah, I guess that's where we differ. I really didn't. I didn't put her in that group. I put her in the outliers. Like, she's gonna actually have to work to get it. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, apparently she can. Yeah. Do some stuff. <laughs> she ain't that, that bad. Thing. She can do that thing. Um. That. There you go. There's a good one. Yeah, some good old Lauren Hill. Um, so let's see what's happening next. Yeah, Nynaeve then berates Moraine on her lack of participation in questioning the Dark Friends. Um, but the Aes Sedai turns around and puts her back in her place. So that's kind of the next scene. Our next yeah, like Three times, only three. You have consented to help us question them. This time you vanish before we begin, and now you calmly announce you are sending them off to Tarvalon. If you will not help, at least do not interfere. And then she said, do not presume on the Amberlin's authority too far, Moraine said coolly. She may have sent you to chase Leandrin, but you are still only accepted and woefully ignorant. Whatever letter you carry, or did you mean to keep questioning them forever before reaching a decision? You two river folk people seem to work at avoiding decisions that must be made. <clears throat> so we know there was more tied into that, and that ties back into her frustration with Rand. So she's kind of getting a little zing back at you know them for the comment about being able to deal with the two river male. Um, and at the same time, she's reminding them all of their place. Like, yes, you have the authority of the Amarlin seat, but you, A, you're only accepted. And second, she's got the same authority. I mean, her and the Amarlin are homegirls. Well, a little more scary than that, I think, if they haven't figured it out by now. I think Moraine is so convinced of her mission, she's acting on her own authority. And even when she's far away from the Amarlin... If she finds out new info and thinks she has to work in a completely different path than she had previously previously discussed with Emily, she's going to do what she thinks needs to happen. So she's mm-hmm. in the I said I world. I think she's the biggest wild card. She mm-hmm. don't she, she the honey badger. She don't give a yeah. Fuck. She's the road. She don't give a shit. 
So at least me how as the reader, I've picked up be? on that. I don't know if the girls have. Oh, I mean, I definitely am there with you too. How long is the ambulance seat going to accept that? Hmm. Yeah. Ambulance got to know she's not out in the field. You got you got to trust your field operatives. I mean, can't be judging from a hundred miles away. Yeah. And then she turns her attention to Elaine. Um, yeah, orders have to pull her shit together. Um, the daughter Aaron then's like, "Well, Berlaine Ber- was in Rand's chambers, and Rand's like, you know, this will hurt Egwene. Stop doing this. <laughs> like, use discretion. Like, <laughs> um, and, and then uh, Elaine and, and Egwene start having this brief conversation about, you know, who gets to have have Rand. <laughs> you know, it bugs me uh, when females I, I make what? assumptions like this, <laughs> like." Just because some super beautiful, scantily clad woman is just running out of my room doesn't mean I did anything or even that I initiated it. In fact, in all honesty, I mean, I was semi-joking there. I could think of at least two occasions where something very similar happened to me or something similar happened to me and it was very much me giving a hard no, like, no, what the fuck are you thinking? Why are you even here doing this? And it was like a huge bust to their ego, and they left quite upset. And then started spinning stories of their own because they couldn't handle being rejected. But anyways, and then a bunch of people just assume, oh, you hooked up with so-and-so. And I'm like, no, I actually told them to go the fuck home. But yeah. Anyways, I'm feeling for Rand here. Like, these girls just making an ass out of you and me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean... Egwene, I guess, feels like more like Rand's her brother. Uh, and, you know, says, I know you like him, Elaine. You can have him. And like you said, kind of, yeah. There's two rivers in West Virginia? <laughs> or Utah. Wait, never mind. They don't do sister wives. Yeah, that's not a there. sibling thing. Yes. No. Now, Neve tries to bring the conversation back to what's more important. Um, and then they're talking about men. Um, however, the I said I wants to. Talk about how Rand almost died in the bubble evil. Uh, Moraine wants to bring that back up. Um, and that Rand must move, but instead he sits. And that's why she's frustrated. Wait, did, did I miss my chance to sing Buble again? Go for it. I only know one song. They've heard it already. I, I, gotta, I need to learn more. <laughs> I can do a lot of Sinatra. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, and Harry Cotter Jr. You can do, you can do the Buble versions of Sinatra. I did it my way. <laughs> That's pretty good. Go. That's what so she I, said. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, she shares her plans uh, to have Rand invade Ilian and fight Samuel. Samuel. Moraine comes in, breaks character, she's like super upset, and it's visible, and it's not going away. She doesn't correct it, right? And so, like, why is Moraine out of character? And why is she quick to dismiss everybody in the room and then start lecturing these girls about making a decision where, like what Chris said, it's not really directed towards them. It's more her frustration about Rand, and Rand already told her, yo, I'm not going to... I'm not going to ask permission. I'm not going to do what you tell me to do. I'm going to do what I think I need to do sort of thing. And Moraine? Moraine's in there. I feel like she's starting to feel that she's losing control. And she she feels she's lost it from uh, Rand. So she's in here with the girls trying to, you know, regain control here. 
or at least maybe get them to side with her or, you know, build a consensus like, yeah, everybody should be doing what Moraine wants sort of thing. But I don't know. I don't think she's going to find many friends here. No, I I think think these girls also are going to ultimately do what they decide they want to do. They might tell her one thing and then go huddle and be like, you know, we'll send one of us here and then one of us is going to stay there to take care of Rand and the other one's going to go shoot Marine's pigeons just to fuck with her, you know? Marine's losing control and she recognizes it and she don't like it. Well, and she does try to get a semblance of the control back because she's like, you know, it would be a smart thing to ask why we were summoned Duran. Like, she's trying to pull it full circle and really guilt the girls. Like, y'all have no idea what's going on around you. Yet again, because that's her common thread. You don't ask enough questions. You don't know enough about what's going on. And that's what makes you wrong. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, they discover that he was hurt and almost died. And, you know, they went into or got the explanation of what occurred to Rand. And it's like, you know, we had that idea that maybe um, Egwene had been a part of that dream. And she Mm -hmm. saw what had happened. So now I'm like, "Eh, maybe I've got to eat my words on that one. That's okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. A minor thought. But they are really good at manipulating each other and can, trying to control the situation. So we're going to have this huge three-way, if not four-way power struggle going on for for quite some time. And then you're going to throw in um, Fail at some point in time. So we, we really do have some situations that are about to arise with just dynamics within the simple group. Yeah. Anybody else loving the irony of like in some of Moraine's lectures about, oh, you don't know what you're talking about with these prophecies and uh, you're not paying enough attention, ladies, or asking the right questions and blah, 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 blah. And Moraine, even up until this point, she's been one of the most knowledgeable, I'm air quoting, knowledgeable people. But we're starting to find out that I don't want to say she doesn't know shit, and it's not that what she knows is wrong. It's that what she knows is from, like, a single perspective and a single timeline, and we're already finding out there's so much more to all of this. Like, there's the Aiel prophecy or prophecies, and, you know, there's probably more from the Shan Chan side that we still don't understand yet. Um, But she just, she's so confident that, or she acts like she knows everything. But I think she's also about to get blindsided about how all of this Rand stuff unfolds. Especially sure. if Rand ends up not being the dragon or it's there's more to it than that. I'd love if we go – I'm rambling now. I'd love if we go, like, spend some time with the Aiel and they're like, oh, actually, like, in, in our prophecies, uh, it's not just one dude. It's three dudes and a couple of girls or something. And ta-da, like, it's a whole team of them that have to do it. And it's not just one, right? But yeah. anyways, I mean, there's all sorts of craziness going to happen. Yeah. Marine, Marine don't know. Yeah. Uh, and at some point she actually forces Elaine to explain the rationale to the others. Um, uh, you know, Elaine only gives a partial explanation um, at first, but didn't then one of them, tells... didn't one of them say war? What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that was actually a direct quote on page 21, uh, 30. Yeah. Hmm. 
followed up with Elaine going, but it's inevitable. It's yeah. it sucks. It's good for nothing. We mm-hmm. all lose, but get ready to lose, people. Yep. <laughs> it's about to go down. Yeah, and and Maureen's also frustrated because Rand's been reading through the prophecies himself, and I guess she's she wants to be in control. I mean, you, we've already alluded to this. Uh, Moraine wants to be in control. She doesn't want Rand to be taking his own, reading the prophecies and taking his own interpretations of them. And even um, the person most loyal to her thus far, Lan, mm-hmm. was giving excuses for Rand and supporting Rand in that. Remember, he said something to the effect of, oh, the boy's just trying to find his way. Like Moraine's wanting to be upset with Rand. Like, why would you read this? You don't even know what you're reading. You're going to mess yourself up. And Land's like, Hey, give him, give him a break. Dude's, yeah. dude's trying to figure out his own path here. So yeah. She, and she, she controls slipping. Yeah. yeah. And she actually does read some of the prophecy back. Um, I think what is it? power of shadow made human flesh weekend to turn our yeah, waken to turmoil strife and ruin the reborn one marked and bleeding dances the sword and dreams and mist chains the shadow sworn to his will the city lost and forsaken leads the spears to war once more breaks the spears and makes them see truth long hidden in ancient dream from the prophecies of the dragon that's a lot to decipher uh-huh. That's a Pandorian <laughs> translation, but mm-hmm. it's like it, it kind of makes it seem like the setting for another major or in battle has nothing to do with their goals or their intentions. Mm-hmm. This is where Moraine's messing up again. What did she say about leading the spears? What did she? She, say? she references back to going after Samael or however you say right. his name. Right, and she's thinking mm-hmm. the spears of Ilion. Right, right, spears of Ilion. Mm-hmm. These days, when I hear spears, the first people I think of are the Aiel. Agreed. So if he's leading spears to war again, I'm thinking Aiel. Now, I mean, I'm a little biased because I still have this thing where I'm hoping Rand goes and hangs out with them a bit and learns some stuff and unites all of the tribes and. I don't know if, if they have to go to war. If I'm going to support anybody going to war right now, I'm supporting the Aiel because they're pretty awesome. You know, yeah. those are the spears I'm thinking about. Yeah. But Moraine is convinced she knows. Yeah, she's I've convinced. Got, I've got it all figured out. Yeah. Um, and and she's trying to, I guess, squeeze the meeting or, or, or interpret the meeting, like you said, into renovating Elian and make it into her own plans. Um, and she's growing desperate. And she says that, you know, maybe she'll have to go to desperate measures. And there is a tangrel in the basement here. And um, it's a twisted road, a red stone door frame um, that apparently if you go into it, you can get some answers. Um, and the girls are like, what? Wait, you mean we could just got all these this? answers and you just tell us now, like we could have just been done. <laughs> Moraine's like, oh, you ignorant fools. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not how she it said, works. There is one particular tangrial in the holding, a thing like a redstone doorframe suddenly twisted to the eye. If I cannot make him reach some decision, I may have to step through. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Elaine has seen that doorway. Yeah. 
and it piques the interest. And it's like right. you need no channeling. You need only to step through to gain answers. Three answers, each true, about past, present, and future. And like you said, they came back. We can ask what this thing is, or we can ask what this thing is that the danger is to ran, which that's not proper English. Yeah. And Why they also ask, uh, hmm? yeah, they also think what about What is just, your name? Yeah. What you is your we, quest? Yeah. What is your favorite color? color? Red. Blue. No, no, blue. Yeah, ah! <laughs> what is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? Uh, African or European. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, uh, so yeah, so um, but you know uh, they also want to go in there and said, well, why are we spending all this time questioning the Black Aja and not knowing if they're telling the truth or not? If we could just go through this doorway and get all the answers we needed, like Moraine, why didn't you tell us about that? And she's like, you three Russian yeah, blindly were land in a hundred waters with tread warily. Why do you think I have not stepped through? Days ago, I could have asked what Rand must do to survive and triumph and how he could defeat the Forsaken and the Dark One, how he can learn to control the power and hold off madness long enough to do what he must do. There are rules and dangers. No one may step through more than once, only once. You may ask three questions, but you must ask all three questions and hear the answers before you leave frivolous questions are punished it seems and it also seems what may be serious for one may be frivolous to another most importantly questions touching the shadow have dire consequences one questions regarding the dragon reborn i mean everything about the dragon reborn moraine states most definitely touches the shadow right to some extent so the Anything about him is dangerous. So rather than just walk the door frame, she's been spending the last few days saying, if I'm going to do this, and she, she's probably been pondering and thinking about, like, what should I ask? And and it, you have to go in there with with clear intent, and and you can't just go in there whimsical and ask random questions and because there could be really bad things that happen if you do that. Like, uh, you have to be well thought out and make sure you do it right because there's dangers if you don't. So what do you think – this is like what, what it's do you have theories genie. about this? Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a play on the it's genie a, thing. It's like a genie reminds me of the doorway, baby. Yeah. Who puts the glad and gladiator. But like, I, if I remember correctly, when it came to dealing with the fates, you couldn't change your fate. You couldn't manipulate it. Once you found out what was going on, it just is what it is. You have no choice. So, choices. Part of me wonders whether or not it makes a difference to know the inevitable. Like, can you manipulate these situations enough to change them? The other mm-hmm. part just points to her need or desire to control the Taviran in general. And then third, it reminds me of like stepping through the veil in Harry Potter, and once you go, you may never return. Mm. So, do you think they're like similar to the arches and the, for the testing? Like, you know, because they step through them and kind of get portaled to something. 
it, do you think that's what it yeah. is? And what, do you, what do you think? What do you think it is? Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe it gives you a brief audience with the creator. Mm. <clears throat> well, if we're looking at this concept of time, what could it be? You don't have to go through a doorway for that. You just have to go find the stables and find Bella. Bella! Ian, it could be a time machine. Ooh, could be. And yeah, but you get zapped back to like the beginning you get of the time three where it's answers, only the creator. Where it just like shows you the past, the present, and the future. Mm. So it's like an ithril. I am it, the ghost of Christmas present. gives you a view of the ithril of time and it shows you different points in this particular timeline. Hmm. Ithril. Is that one of those one of those things you have to get a penicillin shot for? No, it's the thing that, that you have to get a vape pen for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and at this point, then after they get through talking about the doorway, um, also that they go into a whole entire thing about how Tyr got the doorway to begin with. Like they're like, well, how do you know so much about this doorway? Like, if they don't let Isodai into Tyr, and this thing's been in the basement, like it looks like everything's been there forever. Like, how do you even know this stuff? Like, they're trying to call her out on it. Just like, they got this only a few hundred years ago. I said, I have studied this thing. It was in Mayan. It's like, why did Mayan give it up? And it's like, and she goes into the whole entire story about they used a little it. bit about the, what? Didn't need it. They used no, it. Yeah, didn't they need go, it anymore. Yeah. So but they go into the politics between Mayan and Tyr. Um, and you get the idea that, you know, Mayan's this really small, tiny country next to a giant power. Um, and this this is like a real world type thing. You have that happen a lot. Like actually, um, uh, I use an example of a place I've been. Um, Singapore is a tiny little city. I mean, it has a lot of population, but it's a really small island right there on the uh, on the tip of the a peninsula from Malaysia. And although they're very peaceful now, it has not always been historically that way. So Singapore actually has a very large military just to prevent Malaysia from invading them and taking them over. Um, even though they're, they're very, very peaceful with each other today, um, historically, that has not always been the case. So they've always had this this very political game between the city-state, which is Singapore, it's a city-state, um, versus an entire country. So. Yeah. Yeah, so you have to play great, the politics great. right. Yeah. Um. So after all of that, Moraine then tells them um, that they should focus on Tanchico. That's probably where you should focus your, your efforts on. Um, and they ask about, what about Taim and this whole plot? She's like, I've already sent three pigeons just in case. Like, we're, we're good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've sent the pigeons. <laughs> Moraine is, is quickly losing control, and she's trying to gain some of it back. And here's a situation where she's top dog, so she's taking full advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's that's all I get out of all of this. Marine is trying to flex with a little bit of knowledge. Um, Agreed. Trying to make herself look a little bit like a martyr with this whole going in to this, you know, genie in a 
Terangrial. I still can't pronounce that. Terangrial. Terangrial. Yeah. Yeah, but losing control, and she wants it back. Yep. Yeah. That's what I'm feeling here. Yeah. And then she leaves, and the trio turn back to focus on Rand and um, how to get him away from Barrelane. Um, they start talking about girl talk again, and that's how we end the chapter. Ian's favorite. So this was a lot of, uh, and this was from the girl's point of view. Um, it's a lot of uh, giggly girl. Um, mixed in with some some good nuggets in here, just about <laughs> some metaphysics and there's plenty of good stuff. Things. Yeah, there's plenty of good stuff in here. But um, final thoughts are anything we missed from this chapter or the whole episode? I, I don't think Moraine's wrong in that Rand and the girls need to make a decision. I, I do agree that they need to move. I think where they should be moving, Moraine's seems to be missing the mark. Well, at least with Rand. The Tanchico thing, I don't know. I might give it a whirl. There's not much else see. to go on right now. We shall see. Yeah. I mean, quite literally, in the next chapter, one of them could die, and then Rand could tell the other one that they're getting married and then send the other one home, and then he's changed the entirety of the future right then and there. So mm-hmm. no speculation yep. from the side. All right, so if there's nothing else from there, favorite character? Oh, this is hard. It's a tough one. I don't really care for anybody in this one. I'm also not a fan of anybody. That's really bad. I think we found those two chapters that just have all the meaning in them at the same time. If I really have to pick somebody, hmm, hmm, Lan. <laughs> it would go back to 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 Rand, I guess, for putting his foot down with Moraine and getting oh, yeah. her flustered. Mm-hmm. There you go. I'd have to go with that. Go with Rand. For you, Ian, uh, naive, back talking to Moraine, or no? She had a couple um, of good lines. I think Egwene here. I'll have to go Egwene. In the first chapter we did tonight. You know, she's, I know a little bit of her frustration with Nynaeve is getting the best of her. Mm-hmm. But then when we get a look inside of our head, I can really appreciate the way she's looking at things and her perspective. And you know, she's not necessarily wrong. And even despite being upset with all this, she's still taking care of her duties as the one that is able to channel and, you know, air binding up these ladies. And I don't know. Sure. I don't say yeah. it with a lot of confidence, but if I have to pick one, that's going to Gwen here. <laughs> yeah. So for next time on the Wheel Reads, um, we're going to go ahead and do two chapters again, seven and eight, which the chapter titles are Plain with Fire and Hard Heads. Giggity. <laughs> <laughs> That was perfectly fit. I just want you to know that that one worked. Yeah. 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 Any thoughts about the chapter titles? I know. Playing with fire, hard heads. Um, apparently, we're getting some, some more spiciness. Mm. Spicy. Spicy. Um, yeah, I've, I've been wrong so many times. I've just given up trying to figure it out. Okay. Sounds good. I got a little more Anything confidence else? last time, and then we were wrong again. So I'm like, you know what? Whatever. Read and find out. (laughs) (laughs) 
I hear you. So anything else before I wrap it up? Do it. All right. Well, how you can be found at The Wheel Reads on Twitter, Instagram, and The Dark Side, which is Facebook. <laughs> um, <laughs> we can also be found at www.thewheelreads.com. It is our website, and you find links to all sorts of fun things, including our podcast. You can listen to it directly off the website, or you can also click on a link to our Discord community. It is a great place to hang out. We got a lot of chat going all the time. Several first-time readers reading through various books. Um, we love to hear their insights. And if you're a first-time reader listening to us, we'd love to hear yours. Um, we do not spoil you. We give you a special role. It blocks you from everything. Similar to how Ian and Chris are blocked from almost everything in our Discord server as well. Um, except for the fun stuff like memes, which is pretty much... That, That's that where I live. Off. Hmm. Yeah, every day there's memes going there. And usually just Ian's posting memes, but uh, I throw a few into yeah. <laughs> every once in a while. But, they make me laugh. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, and we can also be supported. Uh, there's links are there too. So we have merchandise. Um, I know you've heard that before. Um, and that's a great way to support us. So, um, yeah, go check out our merch store. Um, you can buy things like hats and t shirts and frosty mugs and shot glasses and. And all sorts of fun things. So um, uh, we'll, we'll keep on adding more things to there. But for right now, it's uh, a couple designs, a couple different things. Um, and um, yeah, check it out. Buy something. Um, and that's also supporting another Wheel of Time creator when you do that. Um, uh, Rob Christensen from uh, the Weekly Wheel News on Twitter. Uh, his wife actually runs that store. Um, and he helps out on making all those products. So keep it all in the family of the Wheel of Time <laughs> world. Um, and then also our Patreon. That's probably the best way um, to, uh, if you want to directly support us, um, you get lots of cool benefits. You can listen to us live. Um, occasionally I do open these recordings to everyone for live on our discord, but um, uh, for the most part, they are patron only. So um, listen to us live. You get a lot of that behind the scenes of all the technical difficulties and, <laughs> and everything else that has going on. Uh, plus you get some more insights and some more back, more stories that we get cut out from the actual released episode. Um, so think about joining that. Um, you'll also get perks to the YouTube channel um, through our Patreon. Um, all sorts of different different things there. Um, and anything else I'm missing? Oh, yeah. And and we're running ads again. So just listen to us. Yeah. I, we, 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 get, we get supported there. We, we get, yeah, I didn't tell you guys. We're running ads again. Getting them pennies, bro. Yeah, pennies. <laughs> they, they, they literally pay you pennies. Yeah, we got we, we got Anchor. Anchor picked us back up as a sponsor. So, um well, we use Anchor to to do all our podcasts, uh, at least distribute them, and um, yeah. So they're uh, they started paying us again, which is kind of cool. I'll take I'll take the money. I like lattes. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, um, it, it helps us afford things like buying new booms, boom mics, uh, you know, boom, booms for the microphones, which. Uh, for Chris, Chris to tear apart and destroy. Uh, for Chris yes. to tear apart and destroy. <laughs> Go Hulk mode on. I'm not happy with this position. Oh, just ripped the whole thing out. So um, that's. <laughs> I was like, that's not supposed to be in that way. I was like, oh. oh. That's what she said. No, no, <laughs> she did. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. Keep listening to us. Uh, go rate us. Share us with your friends. Um, if you are, are, you know, know someone that's starting the series for the first time, or you have someone that is hesitant about starting the series, like, Hey, there's a great podcast you can listen to like while you're reading the series, at least until you get to book four. And then, 
yeah, they're, that's all they are at right now. So, and then uh, they'll pass us. <laughs> and they'll pass us, which a lot of people do. And that's okay, because you can join Discord, and we'll help you the rest of the way through. Um, but yeah, that's all I got for this week. So, until next time. Peace. Thank you for listening to The Wheel of Reads. See y'all next time. It it went down and then up and then down and up again. Did you notice when we went sailing the other day and Ty was like, get ready to tack in five, three, four. I was like, like, wait, 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 wait. (laughs) I mean, you got all the numbers in there, but that did not help me get ready. (laughs) Uh, Are we we in the app? The best part was still you stopping me from... um, from correcting Ty. Uh, Ty was driving and I look over the front of the boat. I was like, that's set up wrong. And, and he's like, don't say anything. I was like, but it's set up wrong. And he's like, don't say anything. And I re- I go back to Ty. I was like, yo, Ty, um, are we set up for a jibe set or what's going on? He's like, shut up, Alan. I know what I'm doing. And like, literally. Well, like, I knew that would be the answer. And like, literally 30 seconds later, he's like, guys, we're rigged wrong. Hey, hey, switch everything. I'm like, yeah, I told you. See, you don't hang out on the rail that much anymore. You're usually back in the cockpit where people will listen to you. But on the rail, we know. We talk to each other and we're like, this isn't right. But we don't tell anybody. We're just like, oh, man, this is going to end horribly. (laughs) Everything's set up wrong. Ready, tech, jump to the other side. (laughs) Yep. It's more fun that way. It it can be. That's for sure. Right. Because I I just, I don't get too worried. Yeah. Anyways. So what's everyone drinking? Mm. For the good of the cause. I have a slightly mighty Ooh. Dogfish Head IPA. It's their mm. low-cal stuff. And <clears throat> I was just telling Chris. Um, so it's 4%, which is fine. I need to cut back anyways. But it's under 100 calories, and it it actually has a light IPA flavor, which is well done. Good job, Dogfish Head. Yeah. Uh, I can't see that. i got to look around and see if other people do the low-cal IPAs. Normally, I mean, yeah. in the beer world, when you get more flavor, you can – yeah. Stop counting calories, right? It, that's not the point yeah, anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm starting with this guy. It's a <laughs> sandbar raspberry lemon um, hard cider from Sly Clyde. Sly Clyde. But then my backup, I can only get one of those. My backup that I'm going to switch to St. George's. They have a new honeymead lager. Um, apparently, they have their own honeybees So out in Hampton. So it's a local. Hampton Roads Honey. You could trust that. That's awesome. Yeah, that ain't that ain't clover, honey. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They just legalize stuff. Everybody got their six plants or however many it is in their backyard. That's gonna be some wacky mead. <laughs> what? Wait, is that starting the thing? soon? What's what's the? Is that the thing? Oh, I, I made up a number. Six plants. I don't know what it is, but you are gonna be able to have some. I was gonna say, like, man, we capitalized personally grown i just don't know what the amount is yeah i don't know what the amount is i'm sure someone um, in the ch- chat is like it's going to be exactly this much and i know, I know a few guys have been grown it for years anyway so yeah there's there are fields if you know where to look <laughs> i know quite yeah. a few too <laughs> one, one, one of my acquaintances i wouldn't call him a friend it's a friend of a friend of a friend i went over to a house party and like i went out back in the backyard to take a piss and because that's what you do at parties 
And yeah, uh, against the fence, like I'm like, dude, you might need to trim that. That's like crouching over the fence. Your neighbors might see it. Like that's what she said, <laughs> and that's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool, the the cool, best cool. is when like somebody is sitting there smoking, and they're like, oh, count down like another 15 days, and it'll be legal. And I'm like, so what's going to change for you when it's legal? They're like, nothing, man. I've been doing this for like 10 years. <laughs> I'm like on your porch waving at the cops. They're like, yeah, I just stopped caring. (laughs) They haven't been messing with us. So it's unofficially legal already. Yeah. I was, uh, you know, once the, I guess the marijuana vape pens came out, became like a big thing. Like I had, there's a, an acquaintance of mine again that he, he shared a meme online. It's like back in like 2002 smoking weed and like all like hiding, you know, and trying to like be all stealthy about it. And then it's like, you know, 2020 smoking weed. It's like, I'm in Target. I might as well hit this pin. <laughs> like, just walking. <laughs> yeah. So in, in, in honor of uh, my IPAs, I'm drinking tonight. <clears throat> my name tonight on our recording session is IPA Lot. Mm-hmm. And my <laughs> name is, oh, God, what's in the door? What's, what's in, the, in door? the door? Oh, God, no. What's in the, what's in the door? <laughs> And mm. Chris is Kuma. <laughs> a very appropriate. Yeah, I need to no, be you be you, man. Like, you I'm be you. You do you. Like... When I every now and then I'm gonna run out of material and just be like, "Hi, my name is Ian. I'm an alcoholic." <laughs> <laughs> That's probably what it should be. <laughs> so uh, can you? I'm I'm assuming you guys can all the hear us. Steps. No one said anything otherwise. On this app, y'all sound great. And Chris, even with you chillaxing yeah. like that, with that boom mic, like you got it angled at you, like I can hear you perfectly. Yeah. Good. That's Chris all is, that matters. Chris is like all the way leaning right? back in his chair, has the cereal in one hand, a spoon in the other hand, and the boom <laughs> mic all the way to his face. It's like laying down. Oh, no, today I have <laughs> Suntella. I have Suntella today. Yeah, like I'm allergic to Nutella, but they this uh, brand Lacanto makes a sunflower mm-hmm. seed version. Is it the hazel hazelnuts Suntella. that you're allergic to? Uh, well, you okay. yeah, I'm allergic to the hazelnuts, and then I'm not doing the sugar. And okay. this is monk fruit, so all natural. That's pretty cool. Okay, I'm gonna have to check yeah. that out. Because mm-hmm. Nutella is really good. It's really um, good. I haven't had it in years. It's a little rich, but uh, back when I was definitely in. I mean, that was, that was a go-to. Get a, get a can of Nutella and some bread. <laughs> yeah, it was a good suit. Nutella and fluff sandwiches, days. bro. Mm. Mm. Toasted Nutella and fluff sandwiches. Come on. It's a true fat kid. I would spread it on yeah. cookies. So can nobody hear us? No one's I, responding. I've used Nutella for a lot of pranks, too. I'm assuming that everybody can hear us. When you put us in there, did you mute us also? No, no. They, no. Yeah, they're just. <laughs> I killed the music <laughs> and they're just listening to the silence. <laughs> right. What is, is fluff? It's like a, someone asked, What is fluff? It's like a marshmallow spread. Yeah. That's yeah, exactly so what pre- it is. It's not it's like. Pretty, yeah, it's exactly what it is. It's, it's, it's marshmallow <laughs> Spreadable spread. marshmallow. Yeah. They said, ew. <laughs> so, and then the, the go to was a fluff and peanut butter sandwich, also known as a fluff and utter. Mmm. Which is mm-hmm. fantastic. I prefer anything with fluff. I like it toasted with a little bit of heat. It kind of melts everything. Let's see, Kosa and I, you're from Australia, right? Good day, mate. So we just we just throw That's some uh, some some Vegemite on there and make it better. So 
<laughs> a Vegemite sandwich? A Vegemite sandwich. I heard that in a song once. Uh, I spent some time in Oz myself, so I got to... I didn't have any Vegemite when I was there. Um, had kangaroo burgers. Oh, that sounds it, They actually excellent. were really good. Um, I was up in Queensland, um, and they had them there. And then the other funny thing that they do, at least up in Queensland, was um, um, at the McDonald's, instead of putting like a tomato on the sandwich, they put a beet, which I thought it was a tomato because it was red. Wow. And I bit in, and I was like, this is not a tomato. <laughs> Oh, that's a horrible t- if you go up to the <laughs> counter and you're like angry excuse me sir may i have extra beets on my sandwich yeah hold on <laughs> wiki, 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 wiki. damn it darnell just put the beet on the sandwich that's not funny it's the 15th time you've done it today that only happens i know right news. oh man people would freestyle at you every time Hey, yo, he asked for more beats. Everybody drops what they're doing. Oh. <laughs> it's like that old Vine, back when Vine was a thing. Um, there was one, like, you know, like the beat drop, and it's actually a picture of a beat, like, dropping out of a grocery bag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When the beat <laughs> drops. It's got, like, the little characters. Anyway. Oh, no. My beats. Yeah, so what time is it? Yeah, we're about we're about right on schedule. Almost now. <laughs> yep. You want to get started this episode? You actually want to do this, guys? What, what are the chapters? Where are we at? Yeah. They're really quick chapters. Yeah. So everyone listening tonight, okay. uh, before I get started, uh, I'll let you guys know now, I will be blasting this on Discord um, to our patrons just to uh, keep on announcing this. But um, we are changing up our recording schedule, uh, at least for the foreseeable future, at least until Chris gets done with this practice and maybe things calm down for Chris. Right? We might. Yes. It, well, at least until yeah. the summer, like June 18th. Yeah. So when... Like yeah, once, once 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 we get past this like final hump, we might be able to switch back to Tuesdays if that's more convenient for everybody. But at least for the next month, we're going to be switching to Saturday recordings, you. Saturday night. Yeah. Um, yes. Minus the dogs are here. Saturday the dogs back. Hold on. I have to move my girlfriend. Who let the dogs out? Who? Who let the dogs in? Who? Oh, Who? Let's see. So, recording schedule. So this Sunday we're recording at one p.m. Um. So during the, a day recording. So our next episode will be on Sunday at 1 p.m. And then there's no recording next Tuesday. It'll be the following Saturday night that we'll be recording, uh, at least for the, like I said, till after June 18th. Um, then after that, we might go back to Tuesdays. Um, or if we like Saturdays, we might stay on Saturdays. I don't know. Um, probably not with Ian's reservist duty. Uh, if we stick with Saturdays, family. you're going to have me recording on a mountain or on a boat at some point. Yeah. It's going to happen. So... It's so, Ben's. I don't know if you want I that or to not. Make it to the summer. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't sit still. If y'all haven't figured that out, things are opening up. Yeah, I can't so sit we'll, still. We'll, we'll do it for temp, very, very temporarily. <laughs> yeah. So, just also, let you guys know. Alan, Sunday, day courting. You're you're such a lush. Oh, drinking, day drinking, day courting. A day courting so early in the day. It is. It's a one p.m. It's not that. You keep bad. that up. Yeah, you have to start going to meetings, man. Well, I mean, that's what happens when we record with Europe. Um, so we have guests on next Sunday. <laughs> and they're in Germany. At least one of them is. So. Ich liebe yeah. Deutschland. Yeah. Hm. Das ist gut. All right, let's take a brief pause and jump into this. 